welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Justin Meyer, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Beans, your friendly neighborhood dachshund, and this is the mystery of prehistory. Today we'll be discussing a site that one of my listeners brought to my attention called the Jinsha site, located in Xingu, which is the capital of China's Sichuan province. I was excited to cover this archaeological site because as most of my listeners know, Asia is the next continent that we will be discussing on the podcast. And what better country to kick things off with than China? So sit back, grab your favorite snacks, and let's dive into the podcast. I'm going to start with a basic understanding of what researchers' goal for the Jinsha site was, discuss what the objective of the research was, and how it relates to bigger topic questions in archaeology. The Jinsha site was discovered in the late 20th century, but soon came to be one of the most important finds of Chinese history in the 21st century, awarding China the Chinese Top 10 Excellent Exhibition Award. The Jinsha site was actually discovered by accident by a construction company that was discussed further in the introduction. Um, Archaeologists were able to take the vast findings of these artifacts and date them to specific Chinese periods. And from these archaeological finds that were excavated, broader questions were able to be proposed that could help researchers understand the basic layouts of the site and also understand how different localities functioned during this time period. This site was also significant because researchers were able to do further research into their excavations to help us better understand how capital cities were arranged during these time periods and provide us with information or in order to determine comparisons with other capital cities in the Central Plains. And the Central Plains is, uh, is, is the location of where the Jinsha site was in the Xingdu capital of the, of the Sichuan province. So, the Jinsha site is located in Xingdu, the capital of China's Sichuan province. The site was discovered originally in 1995 by the Xingdu Municipal Institute of Cultural Relics and Archaeology. They were in the process of excavating three different sites in the Jinsha area, and these three sites were north of the Jinsha site in the Huangzhangku Valley and were collectively called the Huangzhangku site. The Jinsha site became known due to its startling discoveries of gold, jade, new relics, and the connection to the Shang and Western Zhao dynasty. I mentioned earlier in my introduction that the Jinsha site was discovered accidentally by construction. So, the China Real Estate Development Group, Xingdu Company, was building a road in Jinsha Village and a western suburb of Xingdu in 2001. Upon their construction of a drainage ditch, they discovered a large amount of bronze, jade, stone, and ivory artifacts. This prompted the Shangdu Municipal Institute of Cultural Relics and Archaeology. Um, remember, they were excavating three other sites, um, three other sites north of the Jinshu uh, Valley. They were um, excavating those sites. So the Shangdu Municipal Institute of Cultural Relics and Archaeology sent a team of archaeologists to the site for excavation and prompted the company, the realty company who was doing the construction, to cease construction due to the site being under cultural relics protection legislations. And with the discovery of this site, as well as all the artifacts that they were found that were found at this site, this prompted archaeologists and researchers to do more field work and uh, find different techniques that they could utilize to give give us further uh, to further our understanding on where this site comes from, what dynasty it comes from, just to help us have a better understanding of who these who these people were and why were these artifacts here, and what can we learn and understand 
from this site, which is going to lead me into my next topic, which goes more in depth on the field work that was undertaken at the Jinsha site. Alright guys, so that was the introduction. There was definitely a lot of information to be taken in. And before I go into my next topic topic of the field work undertaken, I want to see who was listening. So question number one, what is the name of the institute that was doing excavation research at the Wang Zhong Kun site? If you answered the Shengdu Municipal Institute of Cultural Relics and Archaeology, that's correct. You were listening. Okay, now we're back with the next section that will discuss the field work that was undertaken at the Jinsha site. Archaeologists were already conducting work in the Xingdu Plain, where they were mapping out the layout of the Xingdu Plain and Xingdu City. This map was able to place different sites and map out the specific location of the Jinsha site in the Xingdu City. By mapping out the sites, they were able to understand that the Jinju City was an administrative, economic, and cultural center of Southwest China. A comprehensive survey and excavation plan was also created at the Jinja site that would allow the construction project to continue that the realty, um, uh, co- the realty company of Shengdu was doing for their work. Archaeologists were able to survey 16,000 square meters and were able to understand the nature of the Jinja site and determine the placement of remains and artifacts. And within the Jinsha site, they excavated the localities of Mayun, Lanyun, and Tiyugangyun. And if I butcher those names, I do apologize. I wasn't able to find the best pronunciations of those words, of those names. At each of these sites, they unearthed precious artifacts while excavating that helped researchers understand how each locality played a significant role in the Jinsha site as a whole. Researchers were able to determine these key roles that the localities played. However, the artifacts found at the Jinsha site have not been radiocarbon dated, and there are no textual sources to help date the artifacts. Researchers instead have to base their investigations on typological placements in sequence of pre-Quin archaeological cultures that were present in the Xingdu Plain. And that's going to about wrap up the fieldwork undertaken um, for the Jinsha site. And next, we're going to step into some analytical methods uh, that were used to help us better understand the material culture that was found. All right, guys, that wraps up field work undertaken. We're going to jump into analytical methods next. It's just going to give us some more understanding on the methods that were used to analyze the material culture that was found. And basically just give us some understanding on what archaeologists were looking for and how they analyzed it. But before we do that, we have one more question to see who was listening. So, uh, archaeologists surveyed the Jinsha site. How many square meters were surveyed? If you answer 16,000 square meters, that was correct as well. So that means that you're listening, you're retaining this information. Good job. Now, we will discuss some analytical methods used to analyze the material culture that was found at the Jinja site and how researchers attempted to relate the findings to certain time periods. Seeing as though the Jinja site had no radiocarbon dating completed or textual sources or textual sources to follow, researchers were having a tough time determining its relationship to the Sangxingdai site 
and determining if it was a part of the shoe state. Sang Sing Dai was a significant Bronze Age culture in Sichuan, China. And if we remember from the introduction, the Jinshasai is in Chengdu, which is the capital of China's Sichuan province. Researchers utilized the Sang Sing Dao site to help determine the age of the Jinshasai and also determine their relation to one another through the material culture found at each site. So researchers were, researchers were able to analyze that the Jinshasai site uh, was three square kilometers and was the location of a large-scale Bronze Age site. It was also determined that the site was part of the Shang and Western Zhao periods. Archaeologists were able to uh, come to this conclusion um, due to the Jinshasai site enclosing the Shuhan Road in the north, the Qingyang Road in the east, the San Juan Ring Road to the west, and the Quanjiang to the south. The Jinshasai site unearthed bronze, gold, jade, and ivory objects. These objects compared to the objects found in the pits at the Sangxingdai site were determined to be very similar. Researchers sent these findings to Peking University, where a preliminary study was able to be conducted after a catalog was published of the artifacts found at the, found at the Jinsha site. This research ultimately aided in determining if the Jinsha site was a major Bronze Age site and determined the structure of how cities coordinated themselves during the Shangzhou period. One key analytical method that archaeologists utilized to determine the date of the site was by comparing the artifacts to pits number uh, number one and two of the Zhangzindai site. The Zhenzhi site had objects such as human faces and fish piece, pieced by arrows, pierced by arrows. Um, and these were artifacts that were comprised of gold. And some figures were the shape of human figures with collared by and square hole-shaped hole objects. Some of the jade objects were G-shaped and chisel-shaped, all resembling counterparts of the Zhang Dai site. This helped the researchers determine that there is little to no doubt that the Jinsha site had aspects of Zhang Dai culture. This research also determined that Jinsha had different features of its own as well that may, that may have helped analyze the placing of the Jinsha site after the Zhang Dai site, but in the same dynasty. Um... So what one thing that they were able to determine from that is that the Sang Dai site may have um basically um uh, not died off but may have just dwindled out or it um dwindled out or phased out and that's when the um Jinsha site um took place took its place right after um that site but it was determined that they're most likely in the same dynasty they had very similar culture similar culture, very similar artifacts that were found. And they were able to, the way that they were able to do, to find these different things through for, uh, different artifacts and different determinations from the cities through their localities, uh, uh, localities of the Jinsha site and things like that, they're able to determine these, these things by basically looking at the artifacts, the gold, the bronze, the ivory objects, that the pottery that was found at the Jinsha site and the Zhang and the um Zhang Zingdai site and compare those and they were able to determine that well these are probably come from the same dynasty. And there was also other sites that I'm gonna mention in my conclusion and in my findings and in the results of of the work and the analytical methods that they did at the Jinsha site. Um and those will uh, I will mention those sites 
And those will give you a better interpretation of how the genocide came to be and what it ultimately was determined through research. Right, you guys, that completes the analytical methods that were used at the Gentry site. And next, I'm going to go into some interpretations, some findings, and some conclusions of what was all determined uh, after um, doing research over the Gentry site and some of the things that are still going on to this day at the Gentry site. But first, I have one my my last question for you guys to see who's listening and who's really retaining all of this information. So, my question number one is. The genocide had objects such as human faces and fish pierced by arrows. Who can tell me what was what were these objects comprised of? What was the material that they were comprised of? If you said gold, you had that correct. Now let's get into this last chapter. Okay. The Jinsha site was one of China's most significant archaeological finds, not only because of its precious artifacts, but also because it was discovered to be a major Bronze Age site, similar to that of Zhenjing Dai. Now let's discuss some of the material culture and artifacts that was discovered during excavation. The Jinsha site was so significant because it was discovered to have vast collection of gold, bronze, pottery, jade, ivory, and bone objects. In fact, more than 1,300 artifacts was discovered before excavation even began at the Jinsha site when construction accidentally discovered it. The excavation was very detailed due to the preciousness of the material culture, and buildings were also found at the Lanyun and Sanhe Haiyun localities. These buildings were oriented northwest to southeast. Pottery kiln was discovered at Lanyun as well as Sanhe Haiyun and Jinda Haiyun. The pottery was small and bulbous shaped, also very well preserved. Researchers were able to discover the work surface, kiln door, fire chamber, and the kiln chamber. Researchers were able to determine that these were the oldest kilns found in Sichuan province. Earth pits were also unearthed and were spread across the whole site. Lanhyun was discovered to have the densest concentration. The pits were primarily round, some containing a large number of pots that were not shaped for functionality or use. Burial sites were unearthed as well, and very prominent cemeteries were found at the Lanyun and Tiugongyun sites. The pits were, well, not sites, but localities. The pits were oriented northwest to southeast, and head placements and positions were specific for some graves, primarily heads face southeast, though. The burial sites contained both primary uh, burials and secondary burials. In the primary sites, the human remains were outstretched with limbs uh, pointed straight. Uh, also, elephant tusks were also discovered in an elephant tusk pit in pit K1 in the northeast corner of Lanyun. The elephant tusk was primarily of Asian elephants, and the pits carried large, large amounts of bronze and jade items. As excavation furthered, more than 2,000 artifacts have been unearthed at the Jinsha site. 40 gold objects were found, 700, 700 bronze objects, 900 or more jade items, and almost 300 stone items. 40 ivory and bone artifacts, and 10,000 pottery vessels. Researchers were able to look at many of the pottery types that the Jinsha site had and were able to compare it to another site called the Chi Chao site. The pottery found at this site was so distinctive to the 
to the Xixiao site that the Jisha site was considered to be a site of the Xixiao culture. When reviewing the typology and chronology of the Xixiao culture, researchers were able to determine that the culture is derived from the Sengxing Dai culture. If we remember from the analytical methods, it was discovered that the Jinsha site followed the Zhenjing Dai site, but archaeologists were able to determine that the Jinsha site specifically was a part of the Xi Chao culture. Researchers came to this conclusion due to the Jinsha site pottery greatly resembling that of the Xi Chao culture. The pottery at the Jinsha site had pointed had pointed bottom by pointed bottoms Han, ring foot guan, tall neck guan, high stem dao, cup-shaped stands, and guan with trumpet-shaped mouths. Now, some of those words may sound like, what does that, what does that mean? What is, what, what, what are those, uh, what is, what are those words that you're using? Those are type of pottery uh, vessels that were specific to the Xi Chao culture. And these all related to the Xi Chao culture. Archaeologists were able to determine that the Jinsha objects and site dated to the Shang period, all the way to the spring and autumn period. If we remember why researchers were excavating the Jinsha site, we remember recognizing that researchers were looking to find answers to how a cities functioned, what period the Jinsha site was from, and what significance does it hold to the Chinese culture. Researchers also wanted to understand why, what localities functioned as in the Jinsha site. Archaeologists, archaeologists determined that Tiyu Gongyu was a residential area later converted to a burial site. Mayun was a religious and ceremonial area. This locality also could have been used for local workshops and gatherings. Lanyun was the residential area and small burial ground. And lastly, Hongzhongkun in the northeast was also a residential area, but most likely for the elite of society at the, at the time due to the discovery of large palace structures in this locality. Overall, researchers were able to determine that the Jinsha site was possibly a vast, rich cultural site in the Xingdu capital of the Sichuan province and was the second largest archaeological find since the Zhangxingdai site in China. The Jinsha site was discovered to be significant because it was a major administrative, economic, and cultural center during the Bronze Age. This answered a major, uh, major question for archaeologists who discovered the Jinsha site and were able to tie this to a were able to tie this to a significant culture of the Chinese culture and tie this site in to other major discoveries in archaeological finds of Chinese culture. And that's going to wrap up this uh, podcast over the Jinsha site, one of the most, uh, one of the 21st century, uh, 21st century's most um, important and significant finds in the early 21st century. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Okay, guys, we have wrapped up the Jinsha site, our first archaeological site of Asia. We still have three more to go. So you guys tune in for the next three weeks where we're going to cover some more Asian um, archaeological sites. And guess what? We're moving on to Africa next. And we have many, many more to go over there. So thank you guys again for watching. And, well, not watching, listening. <laughs> and cue the music. <laughs>